This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Live from the campus of Ferris State University, it is the MVSP. What's up, everybody? Brandon Worth alongside my co-partner, Joe Nagy. And I'm not going to lie, today was it was a rough one getting in the studio, dude, guys. Please today be careful. sucked. Today yeah. was terrible, dude. My car had a fresh sheet of like almost, a, I'd say, a quarter inch of ice. That was rough trying to get that off. I had to wake up early to go have breakfast with my parents. I almost died on the way there because it was so icy. <laughs> My driveway itself, I almost slipped like five times. But either way, we made it here. It is terrible outside. You're finally not wearing shorts, at least, Brandon. So that's a that's a positive of today. But what's that's a positive for? That's a I'm negative. Just saying, it's, it's, it's just shorts cold. are weird. Or shorts in the cold are weird. Yeah, I, the rain wasn't feeling too appealing to the shorts today. But yeah. all in all, the bad weather. We're still here delivering you guys the banger content, and we got a banger of an interview coming up with Ferris State women's basketball player Chloe Adoni that we will shoot you to right now. So without further ado, let's swing it to the interview. Now joining us on the show is Chloe Adoni, Ferris State basketball player. Chloe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on, Chloe. And obviously, Player of the Week honoree this week. Congratulations. How does it feel? It feels great. It was the first one that I've ever received. So, you know, I'm proud of myself for getting that um, honor. There's obviously a lot of great players in the North Division. So um, I was really happy about that. You feel a little bit different kind of going into that week? Thought you were going to play a little bit better? Or, like, what kind of went into the into the um, games it's just like a big stretch for us obviously we normally have two games a week and this that last week we had three we played Northwood Purdue Northwest and Parkside so you know we just had to come in focused and prepared and just take every game one game at a time and show up to perform for sure yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming off of a good win against Purdue, uh, and I mean, really a great presence down low with uh, you and Maya as well. Can you talk about how uh, you've been able to to really mentor Maya and being able to to share that time down low and bring a new dimension to this team that we didn't see a year ago? Yeah, um, Maya's a great addition to our team, and we both push each other in practice. She's a great defender and great offensive player as well. And so it's really nice to have her help me get better in practice, and, you know, I'll help her get better too. We both challenge each other. Um, so, you know, it's great to have Maya and split some time with her. Yeah, and not playing at all last year, like, what was the toughest part about getting back on the floor after the injury? Um, after my injury, like, my knee has just never been the same, so I guess just adapting to, you know, the new normal for me and mm-hmm. just knowing my limits with it and recovering and just um, making sure that I'm taking care of my health and um, being the best player I could be at the same time. For sure. Is there much of a difference kind of with, like, obviously there's a, there is a difference, but, like, how much of a difference is it with, like, rehab and kind of recuperating after games? Yeah, it's just being a lot more tedious with my rehab and my recovery. Um, I try to ice after every single practice, lift, and game just to get uh, my knee back to as much normal as I could. And it's I never had to do any of that before I had my surgery, so it's just a lot more time spent in the training room, And but it's all worth it. For sure. Yeah, when it comes to, to practice, obviously, sometimes you, you you guys practice very early in the mornings. Uh, and uh, what's necessarily the, the routine like, uh, especially for you, like getting ready for practices and taking all the, the, those pre-measures after your injury? Yeah, my routine has changed a little bit. Obviously, I try to get there a little bit earlier now just because what I've noticed is help is heating my knee. So I'll try to go in the training room Um couple minutes early and just put on a heating pad relax and stretch it really good before I get out there because I've noticed that's what's helped the most and that's what causes it to be more pain-free for me and so that's what I'll try to do before which I haven't had to do in the past but it just takes a little more extra warming up for it. I must say heating pads extremely underrated people (laughs) very key very key but as fans and you know with me and Brandon working for athletics we're able to you know be to a lot of 
be at a lot of the games and stuff like that. We're able to hear a lot of the fans' reactions to something. And, you know, Ferris fans, they're very vocal, and you can definitely hear them. Uh, do you get to kind of hear much of that when you're down on the court, or do you kind of tune that out get a little bit of tunnel vision? Yeah, during the during when we're playing and actually, like, going in motion, I just tune it out. I can't really hear anything. But during free throws or, like, dead balls, I can definitely hear if, like, fans scream something or have something to say towards us. So, yeah, I mostly I tune it out, but um, in those dead balls, I, I can pick up on them. That's and they funny. are very vocal. Yeah. It is funny. <laughs> yeah, very vocal, but sometimes vocal for the right reasons. I mean, we saw in a great atmosphere, especially at the GV game. Uh, what's it been like being able to play in those just just absolutely enormous environments? Yeah, the GV game was super exciting just because we had a lot of fans showing up to support us. And obviously, GV brought a lot of their fans, too, being close by. And it was probably the biggest game, like, crowd-wise that I've played in in the league. And so that was super exciting, especially from last year coming off no fans. Like, it was a whole different environment, so much noise and so much excitement and passion in the gym. It was awesome. Yeah, for sure. And then on the court, too, I, we've with Westendorf kind of taking over these past couple of years, he doesn't seem to get as animated as uh, Coach Andy Bronkema does and kind of with that stuff. Is there kind of much of a difference and kind of what is he like when it gets down to the wire in the huddle with like those timeouts as well as like locker room practice kind of out of basketball situations? Yeah, I feel like he stays calm and collective, but during those times where he needs to get his point across, he definitely will, just like any coach will. And so, yeah, it has been a change, and I do see a difference between Brongama and Westendorf, but that's just both their coaching styles, and, you know, it works for us, and we just have to adapt to that. Sure. Yeah, and uh, obviously with uh, the team as well, being able to, you guys look like you have great chemistry on the floor and off the floor as well, uh, especially uh, we saw a post that um, you guys hung out for the Super Bowl party. Just talk about what the, the, the off-court experiences have been with your team and how great that's been over all these last couple of years. Yeah, in general, like one of the main reasons why I came to Ferris was like that team chemistry and that culture that we have within our program. And we are all best friends off the court too like and I'm blessed to say that because we spend a lot of hours together and so we just develop such strong friendships and that's also a key point in our success too is having that chemistry that translate on the court and so coach will try to set up team dinners all the time which brings us all together and we are already all together like outside but um, he tries to incorporate that in um, our team as well very cool yeah, it's nice to kind of be able to bond a little bit without the basketball being involved. But throwing it back to high school a couple years ago, you were a four-sport athlete there. I mean, although, yeah, it was a couple years ago, uh, what was that schedule and kind of consistent games of practice? Does that help you at all kind of prepared for being a collegiate student athlete? And kind of did you find any familiarities between the two? Yeah, definitely they are both busy schedules because when you're in high school, you're obviously going seven to two probably and then practice two to five or two to four and so you know that's a busy schedule you're busy all day and you pretty much have the nights and so I would say college is different with your classes being spread out through the week and the times and practice schedules always changing depending on everyone's classes and so I definitely learned time management in high school but it's um, a different time management than I'm practicing here if that makes sense and so no that has definitely prepared me and just also, you know, like going to school and then going onto the court, you kind of have to shut everything off like and perform on the court and focus on that. So you can't bring your academics on to practice or games. You just got to all let it go. And so that's also something that's helped me that I've learned in high school as well. Absolutely. For sure. I uh, stand out at Fenton High School, I'm sure, uh, being able to set score, single game scoring records, first team honorees in the Flint area. What was that moment of you realized that, yeah, I want to I want to pursue a career in collegiate basketball? Yeah, I've always grew up playing basketball just on travel teams, but I didn't realize that I wanted to play college basketball until probably my freshman year of high school. And so I um, was on this really good travel team, the Michigan Mystics. Shout out to them. They're awesome. Um, and they have really like helped me you know, get recognized and get, get out there to all the different colleges and everything. And so as soon as I knew that I wanted to play college basketball and all the great opportunities it brings to me, um, I was really dedicated towards that, you know, being an athlete, you got to sacrifice, you know, going to events outside of basketball and outside of school to go to practice or go to games or tournaments all summer long. And so, you know, it takes some sacrifice, but I like it's all worth it. 
For sure. And with you being a junior, there's a good possibility that you'll be able to be able to witness the fully finished uh, Center of Athletic Performance here at Ferris. Are you pretty excited for that? Are oh, you kind of stoked you, for yeah. that? Yeah, I'm super, super excited to have new weights, new equipment and everything. And that refueling station that I've heard about, yeah. like that yeah. seems really cool, too. And just, you know, I'm proud of Ferris for getting started on that and providing that for their student athletes because I definitely think it'll pay off in the long run. For sure. For sure. And uh, I mean, especially me and Joe Dab won some basketball as well. And uh, one of the, the biggest kind of the, the debates that go around is like, what is the best basketball? We've had so many different basketballs over the year. I know you guys just switched game balls just this last couple of years. In your personal opinion, what's your favorite overall basketball? Yeah, my favorite basketball, I would say, are the new, uh, the newer ones, the orange ones. Um, I don't know exactly what brand we use or whatever, but you know, during the season, I don't think the rule has um, been put into place where it's required to use those. So some games will use like the old, like older balls, um, yeah, like those dark the red darker ones. ones yeah. yeah, and so, but I, I, the the newer ones take a little bit to get used to. They honestly feel like a little lighter, and so yeah. like you got to get used to them if they're brand new. But I, I like them. They look better and they feel better to me. So. For sure. And me and Brandon, we got an I Am Basketball game tonight, which is a big one. It's the final regular season game for oh us. Oh, boy. Okay. Do you have any advice for us to go into this one? Kind of those big lights. Hopefully we don't get blinded by, you know, we're playing Lambda, too. So yeah. there's going to be a big crowd. Do you have any advice for us? Yeah. Well, usually when there's like a big game, I just try to not put so much pressure on myself and just go out there and have fun with it. And so that's the advice I'd have I'd give to you guys is just go out there, have fun, let loose. You know, you know what skills you have. You know how to use them. So go out there and do it. Go crazy, I guess. Yeah. I mean, shoot the rock, Joe. Shoot yeah, the rock. Go crazy with it. <laughs> but, um, Chloe, we appreciate you having you on. One last question for you. We ask every Ferris State athlete on the show, what's your favorite part about being a Ferris State Bulldog? My favorite part about being a Ferris State Bulldog would have to be the culture within the athletic teams. Like, everyone goes and supports everyone else. And, you know, we're all super close with each other. We're all friends. Um and so that would probably be my favorite favorite part is just building those relationships with te- between like all the other athletes and then showing our support and them showing support back. That's yeah, cool. that's great to see. It's a reoccurring thing that we see with a lot of the athletes. But thank you so much, Chloe, for coming on. We greatly appreciate you taking time out of your day, especially getting ready for these last two games uh, in the regular season. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Once again, thanks to Chloe for coming on the show. I know it's a busy schedule that she has, uh, especially with the latter part of the season, regular season coming up uh, for the women's basketball team. But we're going to hop into the Fair State Sports Report with the review of the weekend, and we'll start with women's basketball. They took on Wisconsin Parkside earlier in the week last week. Couldn't get it done, 67-57 to 57 loss. Uh, that's not what you'd love to see, but there was some pretty solid performance from performances from Adrian and Chloe, which is a, which is a positive, but, you know, a lot to some stuff to work on before before the next part of the season comes up. Yeah, I mean, going this game, just in a nutshell, it's hard to win when you go three of twenty five from behind the three point line. Yeah, that's twelve percent. It's <laughs> tough when the ball's not that's going tough. in the basket, and that was kind of the mo of this game: thirty three percent shooting overall. Sometimes it just doesn't go in, and I mean, frankly, we didn't do a terrible job defensively. I mean, Parkside were able to hit some shots, just not not like extraordinarily better than us. I think they were like forty four percent from the field, twenty six percent from three. I mean, pretty much a defensive slugfest. We were talking only nineteen points in the first quarter, but I mean, they did a great job being being able to take that momentum going into halftime and rolling that through because in that stretch I mean it was a I believe if I did my math correctly 51 to 29 throughout yeah. quarter second two and three we did make a nice comeback near at the end but just didn't get enough shots to fall down the stretch and I mean that was just uh it was just a little bit of a tough one to swallow I mean especially looking at the first time we played the played this team and beat them uh, I mean it's hard to go across the pond I think that's something that a lot of people take for granted on the travel sign but, I mean, still, at the end of the day, you're right. We did see some good things. I mean, we saw some great performances, nonetheless, um, from Chloe, Adrian. Uh, some of the other um, the, the backcourt shooters didn't necessarily get their shots to fall, which happens. That, that, that just happens. And, I mean, tonight was or that night was just not one of their nights. But, I mean, certainly got it through two days later against Purdue. The shooting either. Like, we, they basically had the same. I mean, they just had three players go over double digits, digits instead of our two. So, I think that was, like, the main re- difference uh, for it. And, like you said, with our backcourt shooters, unfortunate that their off nights kind of all landed on the same day uh but you know i'd much rather have it now uh 
kind of at the latter part of the regular season uh, where you can kind of pick it up in these next two games and get ready for uh, for the tournaments coming up. But we can now go on to the next game, especially with Purdue Northwest, able to turn around 14-point victory, 84-70 to uh, when we traveled down to Indiana. Uh, finally, Wisconsin. That was a good one. Uh, Team stepped it up a lot. Uh, four girl, or four ladies in uh, double digits. Mallory McCartney with nine. She did good with the assists as well. It's just an all-around good performance. A lot of our bench was scoring too. So, I mean, you can definitely tell that it was a good bounce-back game. Short memory too. Yeah, I mean, this was a, a, a complete flip as far as the especially I'm on the shooting side but I mean really like I mean getting to see a lot of the the second uh, the second string coming in and getting good minutes with Deshaun Day, Grace Sullivan, Samantha Krause, Ellie Dykstra, my Hiram getting some minutes I think was huge um, providing a little bit of that spark off the bench and it was a well-needed spark especially after the two nights ago um, with that loss but I mean it was it was a really big game I mean uh, I think it was Courier on the other side she had a big night with 21 uh, but it really outside of her really able to lock down the scoring efforts I mean I think it was four or uh, 14 no 13 from the the rest of the starters so I mean a great job I think defensively we're seeing a lot of great things from this team and it's really just the thing that we're questioning is the consistency on the offensive side because yeah. I mean we've shown especially the progression from last year to this year I mean the defensive points per game has gone down the defensive field goal percentage has gone down and we that this team has gotten much better defensively both on paper and what we see on the floor in person during game day yeah for sure and that's the one thing too is like especially with the addition i mean chloe not playing last year now coming in now she's really gotten that consistency in the second part of the season i mean caden and mallory they had the off nights but you know when usually when one of them slack and the other one's picking it up so it's good when they both get hot in the same games i think you'll be seeing that and uh when tournament time comes around but like when you look at it like our our subs have really been starting to develop a lot too i mean my Hiram is Every other game, she's getting she's getting almost double digits. I mean, Samantha Krause, when you put her in there, she can get hot from three. There's been times where she's gotten 12, 15 off the bench just because of uh, beyond the arc shots. And, I mean, you got Amaku Nubaga, too, who's able to be a presence down in the paint as well. So we're really shaping up well. We got Michigan Tech coming up at the end of this week on Thursday. We'll be talking about that a little bit more on next show. Uh, but I'm really excited for this for this for the squad yeah this this team's really getting really getting hot at the right time it seems like when we look at how the schedule has played out uh I, you got a lot of the tough teams early on uh in this and now you got a lot of the the good competition the teams that you that you know you can go up and play good against and hopefully get a w down the stretch when you i mean talk about parkside and purdue parkside didn't go necessarily as well but now you got two good teams that you can play in michigan tech and northern michigan really to tune up going into um like the the, the gliac tournament and with the standings the way they are right now too like these are going to be pivotal games coming up for seeding because i know where we're in the ties right now the two three even even the one range we still technically have a shot as of now so there's a lot of things that can happen and i mean frankly with a lot of the the way that this conference plays so it's an elite conference in division two anybody can beat anybody and obviously we'll talk about that on the men's side here in just a minute but it's going to be a crucial next two weeks they're going to be at home so it's going to be even an added bonus i mean we've done a great we do a great job offensively on our home gym and that's nothing to take against our performances on the road but having that advantage having you know exactly where to put the ball in the cylinder at the home floor you got all of your targets Mm -hmm. you know how you're so familiar with the floor it's just a different feeling and i think a lot of people like the the home court advantage is kind of taken out of proportion sometimes because obviously teams can be favored especially at the professional level just because they're at home and that not necessarily means that they're a better team but it's just such a different it's just a different feel when you're at home everything just clicks naturally just much better but yeah for sure and uh and we'll hear some scores from around the GLIAC as well for a lot of these teams Michigan Tech stayed hot uh, against Saginaw Valley at home 65 to 54 speaking of that home court advantage Wayne State had to travel all the way to northern Michigan uh they lost uh or they excuse me it's one sixty-one to thirty-seven. Don't know what I'm talking about. Grand Valley uh, keeps it rolling against Davenport, fifty-four to fifty-four. A little bit of out of out of character, low-scoring game for them. But Davenport is usually uh, stingy. You know, stingy. Uh, they're low. They're lower in the in the GLIAC, but it's pretty surprising that they're able to hold within ten of the Lakers. And then obviously uh, fell to Parkside for us, fifty-seven sixty-six. And then on Friday, Lake Superior State took on Purdue Northwest. Uh, they had to travel all the way down there to six to win sixty-two to fifty-six. So I think they got their first or second win. That's a big win season. for that so that's program. A big, big win for them, getting some momentum going into the latter part of the season. And then on Saturday, basically a whole host of games that went on. Michigan Tech played Wayne State, won an overtime.
time, 72-69. to 69. So middle of the road uh, for Michigan Tech. They were able to take down a pretty high seed of Wayne State from the GLIAC. Uh, Saginaw Valley uh, beats Northern Michigan on Saturday, 56-49. Northwood fell to Grand Valley, 70-61. to 61. Grand Valley slowing a little down a little bit on the defensive side that we've been able to see these past couple weeks. And then uh, we won against... Purdue Northwest, 84-70. And then Parkside took it to Lake Superior State, 87-66. And then Parkside played Sunday against Northern Michigan, 62-56 win. That's a great win, I would say, for Lake Superior State. That was the one that I noticed. That team has just been through a lot mm-hmm. over this this last part of the season. And Especially with that... <laughs> that devastating Grand Valley loss where I think they only scored like 12 points. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I did check yeah, uh, the the fact that three that's their third win in conference games, so that that's a good thing for them. Uh, I mean, I, I just really feel bad for them. I mean, you have that stat line that's going to haunt you throughout the season, but they've done a great job bouncing back, but I mean, right now we're in the position of this is a, a complete open race coming down the stretch for the conference standings. Obviously, sadly, competing for second uh, with mm-hmm. Grand Valley running away at 16-1 and one right now. Wayne State, Fair State, Parkside, all with the 12-win mark. Parkside does have one additional loss. Um, so they are currently a half game behind us in Wayne State, but and that I mean that tiebreaker is split down the middle. So mm-hmm. these gonna, last these last two games are could shake up the table for like six teams. Yeah, and if we I mean if we lose these next two, Saginaw has a good chance of jumping from sixth to maybe second in the league, depending on how how much they score and if they are able to win out the week. And I mean Michigan Tech if they split it, uh, split the weekend if we're able to you know kind of upset or not upset but make it kind of a tough game for them maybe they'll drop a little bit in the standing so Gliak is wide open for the second spot to be able to uh we have a good chance of being able to play host for the north side uh for the Gliak tournament so just gotta play it out and play hard yeah these are two winnable games in the fact of Wayne State had the chance to beat Tech lost an OT now they got to turn around and play against GV that's going to be a tough ta- task for them. And then they're going to play against Davenport. Obviously, going to be a little bit less of a tough task. Yeah. But open door. Open, open door. door. Doors then, are opening. Doors exactly. are opening for a lot of these teams. Get to, get to. That's the that's, that's the mindset going through this week. But flipping on over into the men's side, a little bit of the same story. Just flip the script. Str- uh, struggling a little bit. Yeah. We are struggling. Thursday uh, was good. I mean, we took care of business. Didn't have the cleanest of games, but got the job done. Yeah, 17-point victory is good, but what happened Saturday? <laughs> Saturday was not great. It was Purdue Northwest Senior Day, so I do give credit. They played out with a little bit of extra juice, but based off of what we've heard, based off of what was said in the interview by Coach Brockema from some of the, the, the basketball staff, didn't seem like they were. we were in the right mindset of playing at our best level. It didn't seem like the energy was there. It just seemed like, I, I, I wouldn't call it like a, like a travel lag or something, but there was not the same intensity that this team brought based no. off of what we've heard. And that's tough to, that's really tough to, to duplicate when you got such great charisma, especially playing at home, but obviously not able to do so is it, going to be a, is going to be part of the test if you want to make a huge rundown in the tournament in March. So it's it's just been kind of a struggle for this team on the road this season. I mean, that's the that's three out of four now that we've dropped on the road, and that's that's just not a great mm-hmm. recipe all for success when you're supposed our, to be a top tier team. All of our losses, except for Minnesota Duluth, who was you know ninth in the country when they came here. That's our only loss at home was UMD. So you can definitely tell that the road is going to be something that they're going to be focusing on for these next couple of games. I mean, of course, we're going to be hosting at the, or this weekend, but you know, when it gets to you know March, and if we make the tournament there, what's that going to be like? Are we going to be able to, to be able to go to different places and win? Are we going to be able to step up? But I mean, if we want to hop into Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Parkside game, start off with a little bit of a high note, and then we can kind of dive a little bit more into the Purdue Northwest seventy-seven to sixty uh, win for us there. So able to. You know, get a little bit better uh, with the road wins. Uh, pretty solid performances. Walt Kelser finally had a really good game. Finally, uh, really stepped up there. Twenty-four points, eleven for seventeen from field goals. Really stepped, uh, really kept that going. Not too much on the three-point side, but he was able to do really solid there. Uh, Logan Ryan with ten, Doring with twelve, Lee with eleven, and uh, Ben coming off the bench with eight. I mean, not the greatest scoring performances from our bench, but regardless, we were able to play really well. Yeah, being able to see them. 
performing well on the road was definitely a high point. Obviously, it was gonna. It's unfortunately a short high point. But I mean, being able to see this team adapt, like we said, that's been the mo of the 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 season so far. We know what this team can do when they're hot. We know that they're almost unstoppable when they're when they're filling and transition and being able to run their offense just as they wish. But, I mean, when the shots aren't falling, there's been some question marks of how would this team respond, how would they bounce back, and they've shown it. I mean, being able to beat teams on the boards, being able to take take advantage off of turnovers, second chance points, and I think the biggest thing in this game was the presence inside. I mean, 38 points in the paint was absolutely huge for this team because that's an element we haven't seen much of from this team so far. And being able to get to the basket, able to let the bigs go to work, Logan Ryan had 10, uh, Vayas also added 4 as well. Ian Evan will see those guys having success as well. It just makes this team even more two-dimensional and even more three-dimensional, and it just opens everything up, and that's just what makes this team better. And that's what we need to see from this team down the stretch. But uh, I unfortunately didn't end up going across to uh, the Purdue game. It was just uh, It just seems like when you look at the, the numbers, I mean, I got a chance to listen to parts of this game. It just seemed like... Everything was just kind of going through the motions, and it wasn't necessarily the full, the the full intensity of the the high playmaking. It was just kind of a. It was just seemed really. Dull. It just seemed like everybody was going through the motions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, that, I wasn't able. Yeah, like, we weren't able to watch it because I mean I'm not gonna pay for the the bulldog sports thing or whatever because I had to pay like a arm and a leg as a student. We can talk about that later. However, <laughs> uh, you know, it just. It's weird because we had some guys like go off uh, and play really well. I mean, Vayas with Vayas 20. Vayas great. And he played extremely well. It's just a lot of other guys kind of slowed down a little bit. And that's the one thing I think when, especially when you mentioned senior night, like a lot of these guys on on uh, Purdue Northwest, I was about to say Wisconsin Parkside, Purdue Northwest, like even if they're not a senior, they're playing for the seniors yep. because they haven't had, you know, the greatest season so far. But they want to end off their last home game for these guys where they win. And then that's what they did. And, I mean, it's tough to see it for us because, you know, we started off so hot. You know, we were playing really well in the GLIAC. We were undefeated. And then all of a sudden, these last part of the season, when you don't want to be getting into a slump, we're getting into a slump. And I think the big thing and the big focus for the team is get a win against Michigan Tech, who's a very good team, who's right behind us in the GLIAC, and then do business there and then get some business done against Northern Michigan. And I think when we're able to do that and really step up, I think the the main plan is Walt's got to Walt's got to play a little bit better. Uh Lee and Dorian got to get the shooting going a little bit more. And I think when you have the presence in the paint with Vejas and Logan and they're playing well, we can't we we really can't lose there. But it's just if those guys are going to be able to stay hot and kind of get in the zone, that's going to be the big thing, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's it's a moment of what do you do when the chips are down? We're gonna find out because I mean there we're gonna have I mean two tougher games at home. Uh, Northern Michigan is a team that we've had we've had history of that mo with. Obviously, we don't have to mention the 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 the, the game of two years Hate ago. Uh, and then Tech is now tied with us for number one, right? Mm-hmm. It's this really is, it's big. You need this. We need this big time. I mean, we got we were able to get them up north, so a win would seal us the number one spot. But I mean, going. I mean, Tech's had a different level of where they were back a couple months ago. They've won nine of their last ten, and yeah. they've been they've they've been well, they able were, to play great they were, basketball. I think our first first or, or fourth game of the GLIAC. So obviously, it's you know a whole different team that we're facing. We played really well, and we were able to get a seventy-one to forty-eight win there. But you know, this team is hot. This mm-hmm. team is rolling, and I think when we we really look at what we did in Purdue Northwest. It's going to, I wouldn't say an embarrassment uh, when Michigan Tech comes to town. If we're going to be playing like that, Michigan Tech will definitely win. So I think if they just step up, play well, we're going to do fine. But, you know, if if we just are going through the motions and not playing with any intensity, I think that's going to be the big the big difference. Because I think Wink's going to be rocking, I think. People are going to understand. I mean, Michigan Tech's a, a big name. I mean, we got some, uh, like a little bit of a rivalry. And, I mean, the name of Michigan Tech is kind of familiar around a lot of Ferris State uh, students and stuff. So there'll be a crowd there, and there'll be the energy. But you know, it's just gonna be what's gonna. What are they gonna do when it when it comes to it? Yeah, bring the house down. That's what we need to do for this team. I I've been there. I've been on teams that have had some slumps. You don't know what's going on, and frankly, there's just times where it just feels so frustrating. And, and then you play a good quarter, and then your fan base is behind you, and then you play another good quarter, and then things start to click. That's all it takes in some in some stretches like this. It just need you just need that moment where you flip a switch, and this these these two games are going to be a big part of that because I mean Saturday is going to be the ultimate showdown. That's going to be the, the that's going to be 
as, as of now, I mean, obviously anything could happen on Thursday, uh, but it's going to be it. Like, this is going to be for the number one seed. This is going to be for the right to host. And that's going to be a, a huge, huge thing to play for. So the fact that we're going to be at home finally is great because our, we've needed to get back home. We need to get back on track for a while now. I know we've had a bunch of road games. Um, so being able to, to tweak all those things now and we can take it to take it to the road um, and looking for the conference tournament. I mean, and we're going to be we're planning for March. I mean, that's that's just the fact. So we need to have those things intact. And I mean, we really want to see this team make a good run because I mean, this is a fantastically talented team and we would hate for anything like just sudden to happen to them. And because that's well, I mean, that's just how much we care. Like, that's why we're talking yeah. about this right now, because. Frankly, it's just like we're we're used to seeing an elite top ten Division two tier basketball team, and so on the road recently we haven't seen it. What and that needs to be fixed, we don't know. But hopefully we can get that done this weekend. And I mean, really, it's going to be pivotal because I mean, Michigan Tech. Yeah, it's coming down to Saturday based on the matchup so far. And not only Michigan Tech, there's some other teams that we got to be watching out for, like Lake State and Saginaw Valley. But uh, some scores from around the GLIAC on the men's side. Lake Superior State kept it rolling 71-63 over Purdue Northwest on Thursday. Michigan Tech uh, at 7th straight uh, on Thursday went against Saginaw Valley 77-71. Northern Michigan getting ready for a 65-53 win over Wayne State. Grand Valley uh, kept it rolling against Davenport 71-67 victory. That was a pretty close game, a pretty good one to watch. Uh, and then on Saturday, Michigan Tech now at eight straight wins uh, against Wayne State, eighty-two to fifty-seven. Grand Valley, uh, eighty-two to fifty-eight win over Northwood, and then Northern Michigan, eighty-eight to sixty-two win over Saginaw. And then to close out the game or the game recap, Lake Superior State fell to Parkside, ninety to sixty-one. Yep. So there you go. Pretty big win for them, honestly. Yep. Big games this weekend. Come out Thursday and Saturday. Need them. Need them big Need time. Yes. So come out and support at Wink Arena. Uh, I mean, tickets are free to students, so no no price excuse, right? So come on out, and let's support our dogs to a victory. Yeah, I mean, hey, how many people have Friday classes? Not too much. And it's not even like you got to show up for the whole time. It's not even like you got to show up for the, for the whole thing. Just show up for however much you can, get loud, get up on your feet. Guys need it. When this team plays in front of a packed crowd, it's different, different vibe, man. Different vibe, Dude, man. it's ridiculous. But speaking of packed crowds, you guys delivered this weekend for hockey uh, and really two fantastic games ultimately not falling our way, but we'll talk about that here. Michigan Tech was in town on Friday and Saturday. Uh, we, were, we were able to get a, a tie in the Saturday game. We ended up losing in the shootout to lose extra point. Uh, and then Friday was a close OT loss to the Huskies. But, I mean, I'll be frank, Joe. This team played well, and I think it was something that obviously we didn't necessarily get the W's for, but I think they deserve credit for how well they played because, I mean, having a Tech team that's coming in red hot basically against us at our home on our home ice and the, the circumstances that they're in go looking pretty much to lock up the number two seed, I mean, well, I think we played pretty well. I mean, it didn't show necessarily in the result category, but, I mean, there was times where we had plenty of chances to to get ahead of this team, and just mm-hmm. unfortunately none of them fell. Yeah, and I think when you look at it, it's the same old thing that we always talk about. You know, uh, we tied it against Michigan Tech. We had the chance in OT uh, on Friday, but, you know, we didn't play well in OT. We did not have a single offensive possession, and they were just in the driver's seat, and then Aaron Puck kind of bounced off, and one of the, the Michigan Tech Huskies got the puck kind of an open open ice and just let a wrister go and it was a really great shot perfectly placed it was pretty disgusting honestly but it, it was it was tough to tough to kind of watch and tweet i did tweet out just the single pain uh when we lost because that's what everybody was feeling but then when you look at saturday like we played really well we did the same thing we went four two in the, in the end of the third up by that and then we ended up you know lose or not losing it but having giving away that goal that kind of made it so they would have the momentum going into ot no scoring, obviously, but then when you get to the when you get to the shootout, it was tough because we. I don't really think we had the best order of our shooters. You know, when Stepan came up and was able to tie it uh, in the in the shootout, that was big because we needed it to stay alive. But I think if you put Stepan first, you, you know, uh, Noah made a big save on the first round, and I think if you were able to actually make it the first time and kind of stay in the driver's seat there, we would have been a lot better of a situation. But you know, when you got you know. Uh, Ergang, who's a great goal scorer, but his hands aren't super great. When you're going to the shootout, you want your guys who have the best hands and the best ability when you got the puck and you want your best shooters. And, you know, when you have when you have kind of the guys who are 
not the greatest with you know stick handling because we don't really have that on our team. We don't have a guy who can you know just dangle through everybody and go from coast to coast you know consistently. So when you go into the shootout with kind of that lacking in your team, you're not always the most confident. So I was hopeful and and optimistic when we went into this when we when Stepan scored that, uh, but. You know, they just kind of came up when it was OT. Uh, OT, jeez, can I not <laughs> voice, voice crack? crack once, please? But anyways, when we went to OT for the uh, for the shootout, uh, that was tough because it was kind of going back and forth. It was a goalie, it was a goalie show off, and then you know Michigan Tech was able to just get one. So that was the tough part about it. Yeah, I mean, it was set up perfectly right on Saturday. <laughs> it was Senior Day. It was a gritty game. We're we're still in it in OT. We have a chance to win it, and who else has the puck? But our captain, our senior captain, and Liam McDougal. And I mean, just not seeing that one go in was just like just a just a two, dagger. Two. Marshall and Liam both yeah. went off the pipe. So I mean, it's the way you look. It's the same thing in Mighty Ducks. You know, if it was two inches to the left, it would have gone in. But if yep. it was two inches to the right, it would have missed the goal completely. So you can kind of look the way you want it to with that one, but. You know, that's the tough part about it, too, because earlier in the game, I mean, you had, I think it was Blake Avenal had a breakaway that he kind of lost the puck on. Liam had two breakaways that he lost the puck on. So when you look at those those chances and we just scored one, we're up two in the third, and it puts even more of a gap for uh, Michigan Tech to go for. So a lot of missed opportunities I think you can look at uh, to, you know, not blame the loss on, but a lot of missed opportunities to work on, especially for Northern Michigan coming up. But I'll tell you what, Michigan Tech fans, ridiculous they are <laughs> they i think half of it half of half of able had to be tech fans yeah because they had some chants going that were loud i mean it demit also dog pound can we actually be good for once like can our <laughs> student section actually get up and chant and actually be ready for it for once but i don't know that's the one thing that i had kind of an issue with but i'll tell you what if i if you're a student at Michigan Tech, I bet those those student sections in those games are ridiculous up there. Oh my goodness, I couldn't even imagine just the the atmosphere that's probably up there. But I mean, really, when you look back at this game, I mean, everyone's going to point to the third period, right? Especially in both games. I mean, four to one was a combined score. Tech got us in the third period in both games. But I think like the 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 amount of passion that was showed and late in the game, and I mean the resiliency in the third period of getting that shorthanded goal was huge, especially after the, the. I mean, I guess I could blame myself for the third period because I was up in the box for all but two minutes of the entire contest. And you want to know what those two minutes were? When they scored. When they scored both goals, when I'd go take the picture on the ice. That was tough to watch because then you're like, it's my fault. I it messed is, it up. It is your fault, Brandon. Yeah, it's all my fault. You can blame me. That's fine. Uh, but I, it's just like, there's just some sort of like a bad juju right now with the number three. You know what I mean? It's just something with it. I don't know what it is, but I really hope it gets fixed because, I mean, this team's playing too good right now to to let some of these games go, especially in the third period when they've been outplaying teams because it was 4-2 going into the third. It was 4-2. to We were beating this team. And, I mean, the number 14 team in the entire nation you have them on the ropes, and it's just really tough to go through. But I'll tell you what, the the response on Saturday, there was some things that I saw. Um, on Friday, overlaps, cross passes, handoffs killed us. I mean, yeah, we were out I'll of position you, their, their so movement, much. Their movement is something that, like, is very rare. or one, Not rare, but something we haven't seen in a while since, like, Minnesota State. So that's kind of one of the main reasons why they're so far up in these standings. Uh, uh, for one, the CCHA and also just national standings as well. Like, they are just... You know, a very, very well coached and and well well oiled team, and they're just a machine when yeah. they get out there. But the adjustments on Saturday though were much better. I mean, we stayed we stayed true to position. Uh, I mean, but their 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 defense um, definitely showed in the first game. But I mean, second game we we were getting at them like that. Like literally, I mean, everybody's just gonna be like, yeah, third period let up, whatever. But there was improvements that were shown big time from Friday to Saturday, For and sure. that's something good to see because especially when we're going into two or three game series, you gotta make a changes because you don't, you lose two. It's gone. Season's mm. over. Yeah, and I mean, especially with the standings, looking at it right now, Minnesota State has clinched uh, the regular season championship. They raised the McNaughton Cup last weekend. Uh, so they're going to be 
uh, finishing the season. I, uh, and we'll get into who's playing, obviously, after this as well. And then Michigan Tech is second. And then after that, everything is wide open for Bemidji, Lake State, Bowling Green, and Northern. Uh, us and St. Thomas have basically locked the bottom of the uh, standings. Hate to see it. Uh, at least we don't, we're not last like St. Thomas is. They're kind of showing up the <laughs> record that we had last year. But we do have Northern Michigan. And, I mean, if we can kind of throw a wrench in Northern Michigan's uh, wins uh, next next. Next game, excuse me, I can't even talk right now, uh, then it's going to really throw up uh, a big old goose egg for them. So we'll see what goes on. But the schedule coming up this weekend uh, for CCHA play, we're, or sorry, the schedule last weekend that was going on, we obviously lost to Michigan Tech. Uh, Northern Michigan won against Bowling Green, so they got a little bit up on the Falcons there. Uh, Lake State beat St. Thomas both game, or sorry, split the games against St. Thomas 2-1 to one the first night and then able to come back 5-1 to one the second night. And then Bemidji fell to Minnesota State in both games in the combined score of 10-2, both nights. So it's basically wide open for the middle of the middle of CCHA. Yeah, this last week's going to be huge. And these Northern games, it's go, it's get the momentum. Get the mm-hmm. momentum going back into to CCHA play. Because so. we're, playing, we're playing Michigan Tech. For yeah. the opening, so How we, we gotta play good. Like that's all I'm gonna say. We played them the first first game. Obviously, what happened happened. Played them close. We played them even better. Played them harder. Played them smarter the second game. Now, if you get momentum going into Northern, you're gonna be playing at your best hockey. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, going into that game up in, up in um up in Holton. So those are gonna be huge. But I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to see. And um, well, I'm really hoping this team plays well. It'd be great to see them end the regular season on a high note going mm-hmm. into a conference tournament. I'm really excited for it, too. But we'll hop into the next part of the Fair State Sports Report with men's tennis. Men's tennis uh, took on Walsh and Hillsdale over the weekend. Brandon and I had to cover I had to cover men's for the torch, and Brandon had to cover the women's side. So we'll hop in with that in just a second. But two wins, 5-2 and 5-0. Uh, stayed perfect on the season. That's the title of my uh, article, by Ooh. the way. So if you want to toss on the old uh, torch website, read my article, go for it, but uh, the Walsh uh, showing was uh, pretty solid. One, uh, Matisse uh, fell to their number one in the singles, but doubles were really solid. Clean sweep there, and I think it was Yannick who fell in uh, singles as well, but other than that, we showed some really solid play uh, all across the board. I was there for the whole thing Friday, and then we, me and Brandon only watched a little bit of the Saturday match, but it was still really good. We played pretty solid. I'll tell you what, everybody on the team is like gets super hyped. But they're oh, all yeah. like foreigners, so they speak like different language languages. Like I'm pretty sure like Jan is Swedish. Like Matisse was yelling some like French stuff, uh, like at his during his matches. So like it was really funny to watch because I didn't know what was going on. But like the one thing is you could tell is like everybody was getting super hyped. Yeah, I mean the international presence on this team is something that people don't look at uh, very closely. I mean especially those that may not just follow the tennis world and that's just that's just the nature of it not being as popular of a sport in the states as it is of course with uh football and basketball but that's just the way it is but i mean we've got we've got some fantastic players i was i was very i was very pleased being able to go and watch because i'd never been before and me and joe mm-hmm. were able to watch and it Racket was tennis pretty nice it was a fun on. time i i really enjoyed it and just the the fact of tennis being that such a high pace indoors was something that i overlooked going in and i mean it's quick i mean reaction time chopped in half instantly compared to outdoor so i mean it was just a good time uh, being able to see some quality stuff that i mean the team the the team chemistry especially on the double side uh has been something that i noticed that we've done a really good job with i mean matisse and jan were, were locked in on that number one doubles match and then ben and josh took care of business in the twos so i it was a big it was a big time getting that point and then obviously the the singles are kind of uh, unorthodox just because um just the nature of uh, whatever it was, injuries or COVID. Hills only traveled four guys total, so they weren't able to play mm-hmm. some of the fives and sixes on singles. So, I mean, it is it is what it is there, but, I mean, you're still able to play fantastic. I mean, Matisse, Yannick, Jan, Ben, always all getting wins on against Hillsdale and obviously still getting able to get the win against Walsh. Big time, big time wins in, in regional matches that are going to come big time when it comes rankings time, and, and that's going to be a big determiner on what it could be for tournament seating. Yeah, for sure. And you can catch him back in action uh, this weekend. We're going to be hosting again Grace in or Grace College from Indiana, not the one that's Grace University that used to be Grace College in Michigan. So just a little bit about that. Too and then we got confusing. Yeah, a little bit too confusing. And then we got the Orlando trip uh, upcoming at the beginning of March. So. Pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, women's able to get two wins as well was huge, uh, and I mean the the Walsh one a little bit closer, a little nail biter, four to three. Uh, able to get the doubles point against Hillsdale, which was huge to give us five two. 
And, I mean, that was really something when I talked to Coach Doran, he was really pleased with. Uh, I mean, even the the players, too, just able to get that doubles point right off the gate, getting that momentum, getting that advantage was just huge. And um, being able to see our top our top team uh, being able to get the win uh, on the doubles side was huge and really able to see a lot of the good things at the top and even the bottom, especially filling in. I mean, Morgan Waller not currently with the, the team at the moment. Apparently she might be having shoulder surgery, so she might be out Oof. for the season. Uh, and that's just going to lead for more for younger players to step up. And, I mean, we've seen a lot of great things. I mean, uh, Brittany Lavinen got some big wins. Uh, Patricia Gomez as well down near the bottom. And they're slowly climbing up as far as play is concerned. So being able to see a lot of the younger players stepping up going to be huge for this team moving forward. Yeah, for sure. Really excited to see what this team is able to do. I mean, I think they're five, just over 500 now uh, in the regular season with these two wins, so that's really great to see. Uh, but I'm pretty excited Pretty I mean, I would I wouldn't mind getting on the getting on the tennis beat for the torch, going to watch these are pretty fun. Ooh, there's an idea. That would be pretty fun too. Yeah, that would be sick. I would enjoy that. Sundays? Sundays? Sunday with you and me hanging hey. out at the racket center? Yeah. Only request, can I get some food before we go? Yeah, true. I was starving. <laughs> I was gonna stay a little bit longer, but I was like, dude, I have not had anything to eat right now. Yeah, I, I came straight from from service and I didn't I want I was like, Do I go get some food first? I ne- I didn't and then, you know, two hours in I was like yeah, I wish I would have went and got some food. But, hey, if you got the food and you got the time, go watch tennis. Super fun, super relaxed, and it's really enjoying. And I, I really enjoyed it. But, uh, anyway, moving over, Saginaw Valley State was the site of the latest track meet. Uh, our teams did really well in their final tune-up with conference races coming up this weekend. Dakota Simpson, dub in the, the 400 meters. Uh, Ray Lee was uh, second in the 60, a loss to a guy that hit national qualifiers. So, nothing to sleaze at. Uh, also, so he was fourth in the 200. Donis Harris second in the 3K. Uh, just lost to a guy from Oakland, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, Dan Hardesteve was eighth in the mile, 423. Um, you Noah know, Griffith seventh in the 3K as well, 850. Uh, a couple of sprinters finishing in the top 10 in the 200 and the 400s, um, as well as on the women's side. Miranda Copley winning the shot put. Great to see that. Claudia Wilkinson second in the high jump. Um, Danae Feldsbosch second in the 800. 217. Uh, looking in also a couple other great finishes in the 3K and the 4x4 for both teams was great. So good things to see going into Gleax and Allendale this upcoming weekend, Saturday, Sunday. And really good stuff coming. I'm really excited to see what this team does. And I mean, we're, we're, we're peaking at the right time. And really, it's going to be interesting to see how well we can finish here and get that momentum to move on in outdoor. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited to see what you're able to do, Brandon. Because right, being we'll back, being back, being ready to run, getting ready for outdoor. Yeah, good, I will say good things coming your way, big dog. I will say we're we're getting there. Uh, this is what I this is what I told uh, some of my teammates, some of my, and my parents after the meet. I ain't where I want to be. Nowhere close. For sure. But thank the Lord, I'm not where I used to be. That's true. That's what I. That's what I'll say about that. The last couple of months were not fun. Let me tell you that. Sitting out. And for some, for some things that you can't control is super tough, and mm-hmm. the mental strength of that is something that I really learned over that. So, but we're gonna be back. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Um, not not only if uh, I'll be able to race, but seeing a lot of my guys being able to race that are really at their peak right now. There's a lot of great young rung talent that has stepped up uh, and that have done a great job. But finally, wrapping up the Fair State Sports Report here, a little extended one. Uh, t- softball was in action over in Tennessee um, for an opening tournament. They got two wins in their opening slate of games. And, I mean, really, it was something that not as great of offense early on, but definitely by the end of the tournament, we started getting better offensively, able to score more runs. Mm -hmm. And that's something good to see, especially coming up uh, for another tournament this upcoming weekend. Yeah, for sure. Really looking forward to it. I mean, some some setbacks, but not too bad. Uh, I think that's one thing we definitely got to work on. Uh, I've what's the what's the girl's name that won? Uh, that was like national pitcher of the week uh, last year. Uh, I know that she's Talking like about Cleveland. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think she's having surgery, so that's like the one thing is we're missing one of our best. Mm. Or she's like nursing his shoulder or something like that, from what I heard from somebody. So she's uh. Obviously, losing missing one of your best pitchers is not always the best. So we're definitely gonna have a tough, a uh, good. I think a good uh, tournament uh, next weekend, especially. I mean, McKendry's going to be there again. We did lose to them twenty to zero, so I mean that was unfortunate. But they're a tough I think, team. I think a bounce back game, and uh, it's going to be a good test for the second time. But you know, we've had a lot of bright spots, a couple of a couple of low points. But I think when we 
when we're sure like when we can get the bats going, we can get the bats going. And I think that's the big thing because I mean when we play Missouri S and T and you win ten to two, that's a that's a pretty big thing for your offense to be able to pick it up. So it took a while for the tournament to be able to wake our offense up, but when we did, we uh, we let everybody know we're here. Yeah, it just took some time. That's all that was needed, and now you just build off of it. And mm. these these games, like, sure they count in your record, do they? If they're exhibitions in the, the tournament, and half of them were indoor, like the, yeah. this upcoming tournament's gonna be indoors, so yeah. it's not gonna be the same as exact aspect that yeah. you'll see later in, in in April and May. So yeah, and here's the thing about it, like especially with you and me playing baseball. I mean, obviously baseball and softball are two. It's very different. Like they're very similar, but batting is like the biggest difference or whatever. But when you're spending all of winter doing live ABs in the cage and you're kind of just like tunnel vision on this one thing. There's a big difference for when you go up to bat when you have like the open field to play with compared to when you're just in the cage. And I think that's a big thing is like when you actually get to game time after so after, you know, the off season or whatever, you get a little bit not antsy or worried, but you just get a little bit, you know, of like butterflies in your stomach. And when you get those, it's either a good or bad thing for a lot of people. I get excited for it, but you know, some people might get a little bit nervous when that happens. So the one thing is to look forward to is we're just going to get better from here. You know, improvement is the one thing and we don't start GLIAC play for a couple more, uh, about a month and a half, I think it is, or maybe two months, I think, because we don't really start it until after we get uh, back from spring break. But it's going to be a good time either, either way. Yeah, and I mean, being able to see like Paige Quartz getting Player of the Week was definitely a, a high spot um, for um, for that team as well over the weekend. I think that was really cool to see. And even like our honorees for Scholar Athletes of the Year was even was even just as cool. I believe we had four total um, amongst the the, the GLIAC selections, the most honorees of any school. Rise, yes, rise with us, baby, um, for the fall of 2021. So uh, Lira Ordipo for the football squad was able to get the honors as well as Katie O'Connell in volleyball and then Bree Rogers and Grace Verhage got the soccer honorees for the school very cool to see and i think that definitely is something that like we don't necessarily cover as much on the show which is just as important and i mean with effect of the impressiveness both on the field and in the classroom i mean that's what a student athlete is but i think that's something that goes kind of beyond beyond the 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 public eye as much as how much schoolwork and and great things that our athletes are doing Uh, i mean the fact of a lot of our, our a lot of these honorees had over three five GB or GBAs is is certainly certainly a, a a cool feat. So I was really impressed, and I mean I know there's a lot out there that were in the running for this for this award as well. And I mean they can't give it to everybody, but still an honorable award for our ducks. Cool to see. Very cool to see, and I think uh, you know a little bit longer of a Ferris State Sports Report. So you want to cut the show right here? Do we? Maybe we do. Mm, it's sad, but I think that could be it. Yeah, I think we'll cut it right here, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Joe's doing the outro. What is this? This what? wasn't really happening, but thank you so much for listening. Uh, follow us on all of our platforms on Podcasting Networks, as well as Instagram, Twitter, at the MVSP. Huge thanks to Chloe for coming on the show. Brand, it's always a good one. It's always a good one. If you want more pro sports content, tune in on Thursday. Me and Joe will get back on track. Trust me, we know the fans out there that love the pro sports and college sure. sports content. So we'll be back to that Thursday. As well as check out our latest YouTube video. Me and Joe talk about how a disaster of the Super League was. And that was a good conversation. A blast from the past. You know that was 10 months ago? Dude. No way. <laughs> Bonkers. We've been this podcast for too long, dude. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Not like this chair, I think has the indents like this perfectly. This chair has my butt. That has my butt print definitely, <laughs> for uh, sure. But yeah, you know how it is. It's still a good ride. And if you guys still want to listen to us, I guess we'll keep talking. But anyway, until next time, guys. Take care, everybody. <laughs>